Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It's time for our children's message. Today, I want to talk about the Psalms. I was very excited as a singer when I found out that the Psalms were songs. It changed how I listened to the words. And today's Psalm is called the Song of Ascents. And ascent meaning a climb or a walk to the summit of a mountain or a hill. I'm gonna read that Psalm again, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Now, just like a lot of songs, there's a lesson, and the lyrics aren't necessarily meant to be taken literally. This psalm is a reminder that God takes care of us and watches over us, but not that we won't ever trip or fall or get a sunburn. Wouldn't that be amazing? But it is a reminder of the love God has for us and how by the sacrifice of Jesus, we are eternally saved. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for being our strength and salvation. Thank you for these songs passed down that sing of your blessings. And thank you for the creatives that will write your future songs of love and grace. Amen. And as you are able, let us together welcome the gospel. tells a parable of an unjust judge who is worn down by a widow's pleas. Jesus is calling God's people to cry out for justice and deliverance. 
For if an unethical judge will ultimately grant the plea of a persistent widow, how much more will God respond to those who call? The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for the people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So this is the nag God parable uh, that, that tells us to continue going to God over and over again. And, and then it's, we're being called to, to, to petition God over and over again. It's very specific though. What are we petitioning God about? Justice. We're crying out for justice. And we're called to cry out to justice. Widow is so, so much language in, in scripture. It's like language we use today. It, it carries a lot more in a connotation than just the literal meaning of the word. And so widow usually in scripture is going to represent somebody vulnerable. Somebody who's vulnerable and somebody who's easily, easily oppressed or uh, taken advantage of. So, so a vulnerable person is crying out for justice. And, and we're called, called to do that over and over and over again. We talked already this morning about famine. Millions of people uh, living on the verge of, of famine or, or already are, are starving and migrating to try into camps to try to get food. That's a justice issue. There, there are enough resources on earth for everybody to get fed. But the fact that they're withheld from some, and then some of us get too many, uh, is a justice issue. And part of our calling is really to say, God, we beg you for justice. We beg you for justice for all of your people. One of the challenges, though, is whenever we beg God for something, something is usually changed in us. And while we are not required to do anything to receive God's grace, sometimes God's going to give us assignments that we would rather not have. Right? It's that, that um, well, depends, depends on what you're afraid to pay, pray for. But uh, it, the, the joke about, you know, I want patience and I want it now. 
kind of thing that we, we want God to, to give us what we want the way we want it, but not not all of the the not all of those attributes which we know are righteous to pray for are things that are real easy on us. Uh, I think of humility as one. You know, begging God for humility is a scary thing because what if God gives it to me? Um, and what's that going to look like? I did ask you last week, this is one of those where I'm going to revisit last week's sermon. Last week I, I suggested to thank God for three things. Every day. Did anybody do it? Okay. So that's going to be an assignment again. Three things every day. Doesn't have to be a big, complicated petition to God. But three, think of three things every day that you are thankful for. And then maybe I'll ask about it again next week. The reason, though, I suggested it, and the way it ties in with, with this week's lesson, is that there's this... Repetition when we are continually going to God. And we might be tempted to give up because our prayers don't appear to be answered in the way that we want or expect, and certainly not in the time that we expect. It can be tempting to give up. But as long as we continue going to God, we continue to be changed by that. Right? Every, time, every time we go to God, that's an opportunity for God to deepen, deepen the relationship with us. So in praying, thankfully, every day, it'll change us. Begging for justice will change us. But it's more exhausting because, quite frankly, thankfulness gives you energy. There's actually a you know, dopamine response in your brain, and you get energy from thankfulness uh, when, when, when you're begging for mercy and justice. That can be more draining. But I'm going to uh, um, connect this to a situation that's in the news. Some of you may have heard, heard of this. Has anybody listened to the latest news on the case of Adnan Syed? Thank you, Brad. OK. Do you know it? A little bit. Okay. He's, um, well, now a man who was just released after spending 22, 23 years in prison. And uh, he was convicted at, at 18 or 19, something like that, of murdering uh, an ex-girlfriend and classmate. And the, it, it was one of those cases where there was no direct evidence. It was, it was testimony and circumstantial evidence that God built, built upon itself. Well, in, in the time that he's been in prison, his, his best friend's older sister, who who's, was an immigration attorney, uh, started working on his case and got innocence projects involved in his case and got probably the most successful podcast so far. It's called Serial, uh, to, to, to focus on his case. And that, that was a, I don't know, 14, 16 week podcast. And then she wrote a book. This is the, the sister who's the attorney, um, wrote a book, which was a bestseller. And then there was another podcast called um, Undeclared, I think. Um, undisclosed, 
I'll just close. Thank you. Because it's a, it, 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 this case, a lot of this case relied on evidence that theoretically the prosecution had that the, the defense did not have access to that pretty much proved that he had not committed this crime. And the, uh, so she, she then had this, this case where there were three attorneys who were working on this podcast. At the end of the day, there have been, oh, and then HBO did a special on this case. So this is one case, one case of somebody who has now been released. He was, he was tried and there was a mistrial and then he was tried and convicted and then the conviction was overturned and then he was tried and or that was, um, it was overturned and then it was appealed and then the appeal was overturned or however that works. Lots of layers in it, lots of, lots of steps in the process, a lot of technical reasons that this or that wasn't going to be considered. And uh, 23 years later, the prosecution and the district attorney essentially said there was not enough evidence in this case. There, were, there was evidence that was withheld, so there wasn't enough to convict. And yes, we are going to give him um, bail. Because, the, oh, the first time he wasn't released on bail, because in 1999, being a Muslim with Pakistani parents in the United States did not make you a very sympathetic defendant. Muslim, American Muslim, Pakistani descent. Did it, so he wasn't allowed out on bail either. Okay, so then he got bail, and then there was some DNA evidence that, that was going to get tested, and, and it was tested, and the prosecution decided they, weren't gonna, they were going to drop the case, and now they're going to look for the real killer. And this is, I, I mean, you can tell I'm, I'm biased by all the, the podcasts that I've listened to on him. One of the things that happens, though, when you read this story is you hear about how many thousands of hours people spent on this case, a lot of them pro bono, a lot of people donated to his defense fund so that people could be paid, investigators could be paid, attorneys could be paid, and uh, money was raised through the book sales, and money was raised through, through th this other programming in order to prove that this person had been wrong wrongfully convicted. So he spent 23 years of the, the, the majority of his life in prison, grown up in prison, while every day, every week, every year, his family's crying out for justice, his religious community is crying out for justice, his attorneys are crying out for justice, the people who are convinced that it was wrong are crying out for justice. And that's one case. And those, those who work on innocence projects estimate there are thousands, if not tens, tens of thousands, of people who have been wrongfully convicted of crimes for which they are serving either uh, life without parole or, or life sentence for which they'll never get parole if they don't, don't admit guilt or for which they've been given the death penalty. Some, sometimes the death penalty is, is carried out. So that's the estimates of people who work on these things, of people who have been wrongfully convicted. And it took that much work 
for this one case. Since 2015, something like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, it's, it's some number of hundreds of people have been exonerated for these crimes. So that's some number of hundreds in the millions that we have imprisoned in the United States. Crying out for justice day after day, week after week, month after month, youth after, year after year, hearing after hearing, appeal after appeal, brief after brief, going to court, wishing, hoping, arguing, making podcasts, getting people invested. So that ultimately, like I said, I think something like 4 million people have downloaded this one podcast, and, which is a lot for a podcast. We're called to that kind of petitioning God. For those injustices that we encounter in our own lives, and those injustices that we know are happening, and we have some ability to address. Now, I don't believe that all of us can address everything. It's, it's too much to take on. It becomes overwhelming. But we can all take on something. We can all think of something that we know is unjust in the way people are being treated. And again, maybe it's us. But maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe we know that, did you know that people who live by themselves, especially after about 65, have a lot of difficulty getting mental health care? It's just not available. People who live in the villages can't get mental health care. It's not available. People who are the descendants of those who were taken to the residential schools, in many cases, have no connection to their culture, but no connection outside of their, their village communities either. And so there's no place to be rooted. That's an injustice. We know that there are gener Juno is a generous community. Juno right now has the highest per capita uh, population of homeless people experiencing homelessness of anywhere in Alaska. Now, because of our size, it means in sheer numbers, it's, it's, it's an amount that is more manageable than in other places, but per capita. It's the highest. And we know that there are, is enough generosity and enough wealth in Juneau to make sure that everybody is sheltered and that everybody is fed. But we're called to work for making it happen and to keep working for it even when it doesn't happen. Think about any justice issue that, that has been either popularized or changed or addressed in your lifetime. Because we all have them. It was not just the work of the people who were working at it at the time a change was made, but it was the people decades before and decades before that that were getting that issue addressed. And ultimately in this parable, well, we are reminded, this is one of, one of those parables that's very similar to the one where Jesus said, if, um, if you can give your children 
good gifts. You won't give your children bad gifts. You'll give your children good gifts. You know, so how much more will God give you? Re remembering that even, even, if, even if the sleaziest judge is going to grant this woman mercy, then a God whose whole orientation towards humanity is mercy. How much more mercy will God give? But it's also a reminder of that persistence and how that persistence played out in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Because God persists in drawing us back into relationship. God gave us the prophets. God gave us the stories of the Israelites. God gave us scriptures. God gave us every single person who handed Christianity down to us. God came to be incarnate in Jesus Christ. That's that persistence. That's that never giving up. So by virtue of being baptized into that baptism of never giving up, that's where we're going to get the oomph. Oomph. I'm going to go with oomph today. To keep going. So this week, three things a day thank God for. I'm not even saying you can't do repeats, but three things a day, thank God. And if you're not already involved in some justice issue, one, then pray about what, what, what is something that you could get actively involved in so that you can help work towards justice that, that is consistent with the vision of God's people. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you humbly knowing that we need you to do anything good. Please give us that which you would have us use in your name and give us the will to do so. In Jesus Christ, amen. I believe in one good. God, the Father, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. In gratitude and humility, let us join together in prayer on behalf of all God's creation. For the baptized, that they become skilled in compassion and grace and equipped to share the good news with all. Grant your followers persistence in proclamation and prayer. Hear us, O God. Your, your mercy, mercy is great. For air and sky, clouds and sun, that they provide rain to parched land and relief to flooded ground. Renew and restore our polluted atmosphere and empower us to be worthy stewards of creation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, your mercy is, is great. For judges, juries, and all who work in the judicial system, 
that they desire wisdom, seek truth, rules with fairness, and have the courage to do what is right. Eliminate oppression and injustice in our criminal justice system. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For all who are lonely, especially those who have newly arrived in an unfamiliar city or country, political prisoners without recourse to justice, hospital patients without visitors, and any who are ill or grief-stricken. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For those in our congregation and community engaged in advocacy work that with the persistence of the widow, they will lift their voices in seeking justice on behalf of others. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Tessaman Lyseth of our sister synod, and Pastor Karen Perkins. For our neighbors in the Alaska Southeast Cluster, especially Island of Faith Lutheran Church Wrangell, that your saving faith may be known to all. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. And for what else do the people of God pray? by fear of those in their household, by the inability to seek the assistance they need. For those who have taught us faith and now rest in your heavenly peace, that we remember and give thanks for these saints who shared the gospel through word and deed. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With grateful hearts, we commend our spoken and silent prayers to you, O God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. To the RLC Food Pantry or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Gracious God, in your great love, you richly provide for our needs. Make these gifts a banquet of blessing and make us ready to share them with all in need. Through Jesus Christ, who sets a table for all. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace. And may the Holy Trinity, one God, guide you always in faith, hope, and love. Amen.
Go in peace with Christ beside you. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.